Hello, my name is Natasha Wilson and I'm a leadership explorer, coach and consultant. I am intrigued and fascinated by human abilities to lead and create positive change. I am to capture wisdom and stories, to share human experiences and learn from each other. Today, I am delighted to welcome Yelena Angelis, who is an enthusiast of innovation, a research and innovation policy advisor and an educator. So you work in the European Future Innovation Systems Center as a principal researcher, and you also work in the Stockholm School of Economics in the House of Innovation, and you also teach in the Industrial Technology Management Program at the University of Economics and Management in Lithuania. So a very busy person, but we're so delighted for you to be here today. And before we um, start having a, a conversation on your leadership journey, could you remind us how we met and when was that? A great brain teaser for you and I to start this conversation. I was thinking about it and can you believe that it's been probably about 20 years since we first met? And probably even difficult to remember when exactly, but for sure it was in Cambridge. And uh, for sure it was one of those um, networking uh, events in the city's thriving innovation ecosystem. I was uh, obviously led by curiosity to understand better what was happening in the environment and the so-called uh, Cambridge phenomenon. I was working at the time at SQW Consulting uh, and they wrote this publication around Cambridge phenomenon. And you were then probably with um, YTKO, one of the uh, ecosystems players working with entrepreneurs, startups and uh, high growth uh, high tech companies. And I remember actually, and it, it's just incredible to think that all these years have passed, but we continued our conversations when we both worked at the Cambridge Judge Business School um, at the University of Cambridge. Um, so tell us how your curiosity uh, for the innovation phenomenon uh, brought you to where you are right now. It's actually started a bit earlier than, than we met. Um, I came uh, to the University of Cambridge from my home in Lithuania in 1999. And what I realized that the educational environment of Cambridge teaching all these networks and opportunities that the business school provided were just unbelievable. And all these debates, um, intellectual and professional uh, at the college and outside the college were mind blowing. So suddenly to me, the whole world was so much bigger and different and I wanted to explore more. When I completed my MPhil studies, uh, my grades were good enough to continue with my PhD journey. But at that time, I've, I asked myself a brief question. Why don't I get some practical experience in the topic I'm interested in? Maybe save some money, uh, maybe apply for some grants to get uh, money to pay for the tuition. And after a year or two, apply for the PhD program. That's exactly what I, what I did. I started working with SQW Consulting and we met. And my interest at that time were in the topic of innovation and how it contributes to economic and social prosperity. And these two interests um, 
I continued and took further in my career. I started looking more in particular in the developments in the biotechnology sector, which is so strong in Cambridge and, uh, and around. And that's where my PhD topic came from, innovation and biotech. I explored the research and development partnerships between biotechnology firms and large pharma companies. I was curious to understand more from the uh, organizational and strategy perspective, because I was at the business school, what happens with new product development. And it was both new drugs and the new vaccines, which is quite pertinent now. When a cool biotech company uh, gets noticed by a large uh, pharmaceutical company. And um, sometimes I, I, I joke that doing a, a PhD in this topic um, turned my uh, childhood dream into reality. I always wanted to be a medical doctor, a surgeon to be more specific. And now, well, I'm a doctor, PhD, and I did manage to interact with uh, five major uh, pharma companies and, and understand a little bit better what's going on there. A fascinating journey, as you say, so topical in view of, uh, of, of the vaccine situation um, in the midst of the pandemic. So great journey, but actually you didn't stay in academia. No, no, I, I didn't. When I was working on my PhD thesis and talking to all these exciting companies, I mentioned the five pharma companies I get engaged with. I also talked to about 100 other companies, small biotechs, venture capital firms, business angels, consultants working in the field. And there were lots of other questions uh, brewing in my mind in parallel to my main research questions. And these questions were more about the whole ecosystem. What else is needed to support innovation? Do we need to change anything in how the research system is set up and functioning so we can create more uh, innovation or different uh, conditions for researchers to turn some of their ideas into innovation? Or do we even need to change uh, something in the higher education system to, for example, free the time uh, researchers are spent on teaching as well and allow them to uh, have a breather and think more about innovation? So there were all these uh, many questions and uh, not enough answers. And for sure, many questions which simply didn't fit into the topic of, uh, of my uh, research. Uh, and something I, I, I had to think more about. So for me, at that point, it felt natural to continue with these questions and go back to the public uh, policy work, to consulting. There, with the help of um, research that is possible, uh, conduct on different assignments and gathered evidence, we can put forward these different uh, solutions to the public policymakers uh, to be implemented. But also what I've realized while doing my, uh, my research, uh, this bug for innovation, a bug of innovation was sitting in me. And I really also wanted to get some uh, hands-on uh, experience and be even closer to all these exciting companies. So this led me to a perfect solution. We moved from Cambridge to the other place. And I joined the Oxford Innovation, working with many exciting startups and early stage uh, companies, uh, which were hosting in um, innovation centers and incubators the company was managing. 
And uh, in parallel, I was also involved in various uh, consulting assignments for the public sector on the topics of innovation and entrepreneurship, research commercialization, uh, assessment of impact of various public uh, interventions. And essentially, that's the path uh, I'm uh, continuing until now. I have moved countries, I have changed companies. So as you uh, kindly introduced me, I now work uh, for a Brussels-based um, research lab, uh, FS Center, where I continue exploring these topics of uh, research and innovation. And when I have a chance, I also work with uh, universities on their technology transfer processes, or participate as a judge uh, in the startup competitions. And when I teach, I even make my bachelor students develop some technology-inspired ideas and pitch those to, to some uh, experts. And they really grill them, really ask tough questions. I can see the power of influence and impact in everything you do and throughout this leadership journey, which took you um, outside academia and very much the, you know, getting the chance to work across sectors, to meet so many different people and really increase that impact and influence, which is a, a really beautiful thing to hear and, and see. So I have a, a question for you. You know, as, as we are all progressing through our uh, careers and lives, we often face with challenges. And I would love to hear uh, of a challenge you were faced with and, uh, and the way you managed to get through it. You know, what did you learn and possibly who helped you? Remember that brave question I asked myself back in 2000? Why don't I stay in the UK and get some practical experience? Well, it wasn't that easy, I soon found out. Uh, so I first went uh, the standard way by applying to the advertised jobs. I applied to 99 companies. Wow. I did keep a track in an Excel file and I actually opened it uh, before our recording just to check. And no, I don't remember what happened at number 99. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to have 100 on the list? So 99 applications. Only 13 companies invited me for a first interview and only four uh, for the second interview. At the end, I did get a job, but not something what I really wanted to continue long term. It was a headhunting company with a focus on startup and innovation environment. Um, I learned a lot. It was a great practical experience, uh, but it's not something which I felt is for me. And while working uh, this company, I met a fantastic woman who was our external trainer and who stayed being my friend and um, actually more than a friend. I still call her my English mom every time I call her. So with her help, I, I got the courage, courage and I got the idea that for me, applying through standard uh, process doesn't work. I come from a different country. I already at that time had some work experience from my time in Lithuania. I was older than any typical Cam Cambridge graduate. So I stood out in good way or bad way, but I stood out and I realized I needed a different approach. And what I did then, and then several times after that, and I also recommended to all the students I teach is I chose a company I wanted to work for. That was uh, SQW. 
I read everything I could find about the company. I found a niche where I can contribute in their work. I put my storyline together because the CV was different uh, at that time. And I called the managing director. My name is Yelena and I believe you need me. Perhaps not exactly the same words, but uh, that's exactly what I wanted to, to tell. And it worked. It worked fantastically well. They wanted to talk to me. Uh, they invited me for an interview. They didn't have any openings at that time. They hired me. So I was right. They needed me for certain topics and I was able to tell my story and tell how all these different expertise I gained everywhere uh, fits together for the benefit of the work uh, they're doing. So from that moment onwards, I started using a very simple mantra of you don't get a job, you create a job you want to do. That is such a wonderful mantra and uh, great insights for our listeners. That agility, creativity and purpose and, and, and being driven to make this happen, really fantastic way to overcome a very difficult you know, situation that a lot of our listeners will be faced with, you know, the difficulty of getting that, that, that role or that, that job that you, know, you, you want initially. So let's talk now a little bit about um, you know, the, the, the challenges we were all faced with, with the pandemic. You know, it's kind of tested our resilience and our, our courage to a, another level. Imagine you could go back to the start of the pandemic. What would you say to your younger self to prepare yourself for the journey? Very good question, uh, Natasha. When the pandemic started and uh, we always asked you to stay at home and work, I thought, how difficult could it be? because the life of remote working wasn't new to me at that time. But when we stopped traveling, literally all the travels stopped with no face-to-face -face meetings, no team building, uh, no conferences. It was really uh, difficult. I think what I would have told myself now is that we should have really stopped for a moment to embrace this new reality and think how can we innovate in that new environment, innovate in how we work, innovate in how we interact online and innovate within ourselves to make ourselves more open to these various new technical solutions, which were already on the market uh, a year or more ago. We don't know how long this is going to be, we might be in the same situation uh, now. So we should have really told ourselves we will continue in this uh, hybrid way. Let's see uh, what we can, uh, can do about that. Let's forward a, a little. Um, I'm a great fan of the World Economic Forum. Um, and, and they often mention, or at the start of the pandemic, they were mentioned about the big reset, you know, that chance mm -hmm. for us, I suppose, to do something different and to uh, review what we do and how we do it including the way we work and the way we live. Can you describe what this means to you and which areas you are keen to influence, Elena? First of all, I, I want to continue doing what I'm doing right now and combine all this experience and activity uh, I, I do. But the underlying, underlying value in everything I, I do is the same and its impact. And you already picked up on it nicely. So when it comes to public policy work and research and innovation, Impact should be the one that drives decision in public uh, investments. Impact is actually much wider and we need to 
understand and embrace it as well. Its impact on society, on its citizens. And now in this uh, uh, current situation, it became even more important. Teaching with input is also important because you probably already realize having uh, left university years ago that memorizing facts or theories without being able to interpret them will only lead to time spent without any significant results. So when I work with students, I want the students to learn how to learn and learn how to think. And this way, I believe... uh, the impact uh, they themselves will create for their lives will be much stronger. So impact on, on you know, influencing policymakers and, and making a difference now. And, and in a way, what you're doing, Elena, is, is building uh, future leaders, you know, by, by teaching them how to think as well as, as, as how to learn. Um, so this is wonderful. And I wish we had more time to talk about, you know, many aspects you've covered in this podcast. But before we finish, do you have any other pearls of wisdom you'd like to share with us? Maybe just a few words on leadership, because that's the topic you so nicely project through your uh, podcast series and in your work. I believe that what is becoming more and more important is adaptive leadership, a concept that emerged in the 90s, Baron Heifetz at Harvard Kennedy School, but it's re-entered even stronger in the last few years and definitely during the pandemic time. So the one thing we know for sure is uh, that the change is a constant thing in our environment. The, the, world, is, uh, the world is changing. And we need to be able to reflect on these changes, uh, adapt the way we think, the way we lead and implement these changes together with the people we work or or live. It's not a a single human exercise anymore. So there is only one certainty in life and that will be a change. And learning to use our unique strengths to adapt to this changing world is one of the most important things that we can do. I wish uh, all the listeners uh, of this podcast and uh, us (laughs) too, to accept the the change of the world and be so those adaptive leaders uh, who embrace the diversity of views, who are persistent in what they're doing, who are willing to bear the pressure of everyday life, who are proactive and open to uh, experimentation and linking to my topic, who like and encourage innovation among all the people uh, we meet, whether it's a professional or personal life. A big thanks to our guests today for a wonderful conversation on their leadership journey. To find out more about my podcast and my work, please check my website at cambridgeinsights.co.uk or you can always find me on LinkedIn and I'd be really happy to connect with you. Thank you for listening.